Welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with my friend, Morris Sachs. How you doing, MD? To be honest, I am physically and mentally exhausted. Which, right. by, the, by the way, lesson one from our friend Ted Shaker was be upbeat and positive. So I, <laughs> I'm going off the script already. How are you? Oh, just dandy. It's been a wonderful week. You know, rainbows, pots of gold at the end of them. It's just been uh, a lovely first week of autumn here in the Northeast. Uh, just just wonderful. Couldn't be better. Lovely what, week. What part of the Northeast are you in? <laughs> the one that's about five miles from me where it's pissing down rain? That yeah. part? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was trying. I know. Um a few housekeeping items to get out of the way, if we may. There we uh, go. <laughs> again, this podcast is based upon a true story. Loosely. Um, we've had some technical difficulties with the IBWAC website. People haven't been able to post comments. Mm. So I uh, will give you uh, the update that I will buy the through the best of my ability, I will have that corrected by next Sunday. Okay. okay. We know you have things you want to share with us, and we'd like to hear them. And in the meantime, obviously, inside baseball with oldchestnut.com or however you got that thing kludged together, fire them off to Liam. I'll get them. We can talk about them. Um, so the, that's so, number one. Number two. So, so the theory that you closed the comments that that you that you closed the comments after your uh, SBY puts <laughs> went went sideways. Because <laughs> I heard people say that they were like, um, well, he shut the comments off after he after he called for three forty on the. No, I I had I had actually um, thought about closing the comments for fear of uh, foul comments, but I get the. Um, authorize them. Yeah. No, somehow it goes to the machine. The comments got, and, okay. uh, and by the way, those puts are doing just fine. Thank you. Okay. Um, I know you guys aren't too concerned about my wealth situation, but I'm well on top of that. Um, in slightly different news, once again, we'll, let me just get these few agenda items out of the way, and then we can begin. You know, we've been running this charity kind of contest sort of thing where um, the highest bidder donates money to their charity, not through us, but whoever accumulates the largest bid um, is invited to my house to have Shannon Day's prime rib and two bottles of Harlan Estate. And uh, one donor has bid $475,000. And I'm sorry? I'm sorry? I'm no, sorry. I, I didn't, hear, didn't hear what you said. I, I thought you said 450, 450. Because we, oh, we got another 25. 
topped it. So first 75 and Okay. Say it again. Say that again. Say it again. Because there was right next next Friday. Yep. Which would be what the the twenty first. Sure. Or the the twentieth. Yeah. 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 The bid the bidding will close, and just to so we understand, the checks don't get written to Ibwak. Nothing like that. You just whatever charities or charities you like just you got a top 475 grand and if you do that 475,000 US dollars yeah last time i checked in we were at like a buck 50 and i was i didn't think you were serious about a buck 50 a week where did 450 come from 475 okay well it started sure. Look, before. Right here. no i know i i see right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You still, you're still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm, yeah. crystal, I'm crystal clear. People want to have lunch with you and me. I, I, I think that's four hundred of it. I think Dude. the fifty is Shannon's, <laughs> and then the balance is the Harlan estate. Um, Dude, Ray got Ray got a bucket a quarter and made headlines. <laughs> yeah, who wants to be with him? <laughs> so um anyway all right all right all right okay. all right and i've i've decided in executive session that um the winner will uh have lunch with you and i at my house yeah yeah and i think um we may have uh, uh a friend of ours join us just okay just just to liven it up, because I think you and me going through two bottles of California Cab, I I don't think I'm mad no, no, enough no, for that. No, no, no. Um, anyway, now that we got the shits and giggles out of the way, I I know last week, um, four seventy, you um, you uh, had some strong feelings, and um, I want you to know. Absent the comments you got directly, the comments I got were one direction, which was thank you. Um, people really appreciate what you had to say. And um, this has been a long week for me um, because as I've gotten older and you see history repeat itself over and over again, it 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 saddens me and it, it comes at a particularly bad time in that I think we mentioned last week you can't even have discussions about stuff with anybody, right? And it's an area of the world that's poorly understood. And um I tried to make a few comments about how things work. Um I'd like to talk a bit of, more about that i i know in the past we've set out to be apolitical mm -hmm. and uh, i'll try and keep my comments well clearly you will see they have a bent to them i will try and keep them in the areas of of facts yeah yeah so um first of all 
Hamas is a terrorist organization. They are not militants. They are terrorists. Okay. Um, secondly, Israel has blocked all food and water and fuel and um, humanitarian supplies going into Gaza. Okay. Um, that's called a siege, and that's what you get in a war. And you're in a war. So for the younger people uh, who didn't experience Vietnam sort of thing, there's a couple of pretty good movies, I think, that can give you a sense of war. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, recently redone. Uh, 1917, uh, then, of course, the Saving Private Ryan. They're Hollywood, they're melodramatic, but um, war is a terrible thing. What strikes me is peculiar in this situation, and I'll, I'll ask them in the form of a question. So, Based on what I have read, Israel has said, we will end the siege if you give up the hostages. And, you know, whether it's 20 or 30 or 40 or whatever, it seems to me pretty simple. You hand over the 20 or 30 or 40 people, you get your food, you get your water, you get your electricity. What's so hard about that? I know it's sort of a rhetorical question, but I mean, is it it really that hard? Well, it it is because Hamas is planning on trading those hostages for, you know, their comrades who are stuck and locked up in Israeli prisons. So, you know, when... God forbid the first child dies in the hospital because they don't have baby formula. They'll blame Israel. But wouldn't it have been easier just to give the the 47 hostages or 40 hostages back to Israel? I mean, you know, war has rules. And I, I spoke to somebody about them at length. For instance, um, no weapons of mass destruction. No, uh, you know, poison gas, no biological, okay? No taking of civilian hostages. Um, If you fall asleep on guard duty during wartime, one of the penalties that can be administered is death by firing squad. This This is war, okay? And... I don't think people really get that because it's three, four thousand miles away. So when you're living in your home and there's a constant barrage of missiles flying over, you you tend to get a little bit calloused about things, I I would imagine. Um, So Along the list of things I don't understand is why can't 
they release the hostages. That, that seems pretty straightforward to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's just go down the list. If the poor Gazans have such support, why aren't a couple things? Why aren't they being evacuated through Egypt? Well, because Egypt doesn't want them. Well, you, you don't want them? They're, they're, you care about them. They're humans. You, you won't let them in? How about Saudi Arabia? Send a few C-130s over. It, on behalf of the State Department, we will provide you with C-130s to fly, and you can have all the Gazans mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Are you familiar? This is before even my time. The Berlin airlift, where there was an American section that was surrounded by the enemy. And so they were flying, you know, thousands of missions a day, dropping food and water, medical supplies, okay, into American or the Allied portion of Berlin. Um, I'm pretty comfortable that any country that tells Israel, the United States, that we are going to fly a military aircraft and it contains humanitarian goods, we'll allow you and we will give you coverage over airspace and you can drop the food and the water and the baby formula on pallets. You've seen it, right? Happens all the time. They have these things which are inedible unless you're under gunfire called meals ready to eat. Mm-hmm. We we can do these things. So can they. But I I don't see anybody doing that. Does doesn't that seem a little peculiar? I, I'm just asking a question here. I don't I don't know. I, yeah. I saw a picture of the crossing point from Gaza to Egypt. That was locked shut. Right? Why? Why aren't the Egyptian people taking in the Gazans? Okay, these are questions I'll leave to you people to figure out. But I don't hear rational people asking those questions. I hear about the slaughter of babies and the Israel occupation of you know prison. So I was up uh, yesterday or the day before, I think it was yesterday, I took a drive up with my friends Travis and Marty. Marty, my climbing partner, you know, they're the official climbing guide service of Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut Alpine Endeavors. You're welcome, Marty. Um, But I was driving back with Travis, and I said, um, I don't know the answer to this. I know there's a number, okay? I said to Travis, How many Palestinians do you think come into Israel every day to work? I'll pose you, and I'm not doing this to embarrass you. I'm just just throwing this out there. Before you look it up on Google. I'm not. What's the the population of Gaza? The population of Gaza is three to five million, I think. Let's call it three to five million. And it's the size of Brooklyn and Queens. You got to figure a third of that population is going in, going across to work during the day, right? To where? To Israel? Into Israel? I don't know how that border operates. Yeah. So 
keeping in mind they're saying Gaza is a jail, open air prison, open air prison. Yet, I think the numbers around three hundred thousand Palestinians come into Israel every day for work, and they go home at the end of every every night. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they like the jobs. They 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 do a nice job. There's that device. Uh, that I use all the time called SodaStream, where like you know you reuse the cartridges. Well, that was a joint venture between Israelis and Palestinians, and they had to eliminate it because of that diversify blah 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 whatever it is like cut off businesses who do business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens? Fifteen thousand Palestinians lose their jobs. Okay. Um, I I don't think uh, people really get the reality of the situation. I've said many times, you know, once you've got boots on the ground there and you see what's going on, I think it takes on a completely different different tenor. But um, what surprises me, and and I you asked me how I was, and I said I I think I said I was tired and sad or depressed or whatever the 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 tired is i've been trying to take up the training a bit and i think for those of you who don't race bikes this will sound crazy to you but to be any good riding a bike you have to find a process where you can just ignore the physical discomfort right I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. And um, so as I pick up my training and I start hitting levels where I hit the physical discomfort, I, I just kind of figure, well, life is normal. Just suck it up. And But, you know, I'm 63. I, I don't, there's supposed to be a level here where you're, okay. So I'm sort of fatigued by that. But then you start looking at what's going on where, You have the NYU law student saying, you know, bad things. And I was I was delighted to hear uh, a New York City law firm withdraw their offer. So just for sake of clarity, um, to practice law, you have to be admitted to the bar. I think that person's highly unlikely to ever practice law. You have powerful people asking for the names of these people who are signing these anti-Israeli um, uh, petitions. Bill Ackman's been on a mission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Larry Summers. Yeah. Yep. I'm decided. Uh, this will sound kind of trivial, but if I find out the University of Illinois is supporting or taking a neutral stance, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, uh, give up my degrees. I stepped down from the uh, board of Penn. I think I believe the the one of the, I believe it was you, Penn. I think that he, an Israeli businessman, resigned like immediately yeah, on the spot right. of the board and said and uh, like see you later i'm at you know you you embarrass you embarrass yourself so cheryl's 
sick over the fact that we sent our three daughters to Northwestern where they've done nothing. Mm -hmm. Kind of mm -hmm. you know, pretend like mm -hmm. it's not their problem. So, um, and there were two things we talked about last week. Um, both are bad, but I'll, I'll bring it up because we, we kind of got it right in a funny way. One is we talked about electric cars catching fire. <laughs> and I don't think anyone was hurt, thankfully. But we talked about electric cars and parking structures. And this actually happened at Luton Airport in the UK last weekend. Yeah. Um, I I guess EG is going to have to give me a new nickname. It's going to be something like Nostradamus. I don't know. Dude, you got two of them. You got one in Toronto. A listener, a listener, a listener immediately, like an hour after the show, a listener sent it to me on Twitter and said, yeah. didn't you just, like you just talked about this. There was one in Toronto where the garage burned, like they had a bunch of Teslas in the garage and it went, but then the same thing at Luton Airport. Yeah, th so thank you to the listeners that know they're, that are paying attention on Twitter. Um, but then there was another one. Well, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well, the, the Luton Airport has a special place on my heart because that was an Avco Avports uh, run airport which we sold to West Street Infrastructure Fund for uh -huh. at Goldman Sachs. And <laughs> I can assure you, if we were running the place, that never would have happened. Not, not on, on my watch. Not on Apple. Not on my watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you used to what? You ran the FBO at Luton? Is that the idea? Or? We ran the freaking airport. We ran the airport, dude. Sold it to Goldman when? A couple of years ago? <laughs> I can look. Five years ago? Four? Because all my partners, like me, and then the next youngest partner was eight years older than me. Yeah, I know. And a bunch of these guys who were, were stand-up guys, they were dying. Dinosaurs, and, you told me. Yeah. And, and I felt a moral obligation to their families to move out of the deal while it had value, right? Because panic or rush never made a good deal, right? So amazing, yeah. Um, uh, we got a, I think, a very nice price. I wouldn't say we killed it. I, but it, you know, it's like most things with me. You know, I, I get it done. It's fine. N no one's gonna call me a genius but yet we perceive right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so so we had that and then and then and then and this breaks my heart frankly i mentioned and i encouraged you or others to look into the number of jews which helped start the NAACP. You recall that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I didn't dig deep, but there's a committee or a, uh, a group called Black Lives Matter. And on their website, they posted an image of a terrorist parachuting in 
with like we support Palestine. Okay, so let me make it clear to the Black Lives Matter people, okay? This is how this is going to go. The white supremacists are going to take over, okay? And they're going to come after the Jews, and they're going to come after the blacks. And they're going to find the blacks a lot quicker than they find the Jews. So when you want to start making fun of Jews being killed in Israel, think about who your friends are. It, politically correct, but politically incorrect, I don't care. Dude, you know, we're, falling. We're, falling. we're way past that. And, you know, again, um, I went to the pro-Israel rally at Town Hall yesterday, which, you know, for me is like, I'd rather go what? get a tooth pulled. Yeah, what? To go to a rally. Yeah. But I felt yeah. an obligation yeah. to you know, get my ticket punched. And secondly, I wanted to go with Cheryl just in case something weird happened. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I went I went to that and I, I saw Senator Blumenthal and I said to Cheryl, um, didn't he sign that, that treaty with Iran, giving him all that money? She's like, yeah. And I said, well, I'm going to go have a little word with him. And she says, no, please don't. So I, I won't. But, um, you know, I think a lot of this Iran mess started with. Blumenthal's a fraud. I'll have a word for him. He's a fraud. He, you, you, you brought up Vietnam. He lied about about being in Vietnam. Okay, so you can Google Blumenthal in Vietnam. So while while you're listening to the show, just Google Richard Blumenthal, the senator from Connecticut in Vietnam, and you read the Google results. So anyone whose father that fought in Vietnam or had a family member that really fought in Vietnam. That probably bothers you. It's called stolen valor. Guys that lie about serving when they did stolen valor. Yeah, stolen valor. So like Blumenthal, that, yeah. Blumenthal should shut the fuck up. Um, so he's a fraud. So you don't have to go bother him at the rally. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take care of it here. You now. Yeah, I'll take take care for take care of it for you now. Um, go ahead. But, uh, I wanted to move on to you know arguably the worst president ever, Barack Obama, and um. You know, I think he was the one that signed this nuclear deal with Iran, which people were yelling and screaming about. And, you know, I was visiting with our friends up in Vermont and they were saying how they, you know, they're going to have the Obama library. And I kind of went and I'm like, you know, first of all, the snarky comments that going through my mind. But I kind of looked where this library is going to be built and south it's side? sort of south so, side south side of chicago on south yeah side? but just west excuse me just east of like the university of chicago which is which yeah. is where it's where it's safe uh -huh. um you get half a mile in any directions from that okay this is the snarky comment the the um the kids who live near that library they can't read like, like that library better, better have fact. a lot of books yeah. statistical library, fact yeah I know. the library better have a lot of books with pictures in it um in there you know honoring the president and the first lady 
They should put it on Martha's Vineyard or wherever his house is. Go put it out on the vineyard where where you got all. Well, that's where you got all your donor money or Nantucket. Where I think it's on. I think he's got the place on the vineyard. So go put your library on the vineyard. You know. I I don't. I, I'm I'm just gobsmacked. You know. Um, I promised Cheryl I wouldn't say something a certain way, and I'll honor it. But you know, who did he run against? Mitt Romney. Yeah, big. We botched that big time. I mean, botched that. you had a chance to get Mitt. Mitt's been a good. Mitt's been a good across the aisle senator. He was massive. Ran from Massachusetts to Utah. Mitt. Mitt I kind of like Mitt Romney. Am I wrong on that? I would have. I would have preferred Mitt over. I don't know how you. I don't know how you can not like him. They they did that whole thing how one of his partners' kids was kidnapped, and they. they it's, it's just, you know. It's just they thought that, you know, here was a guy that I know. was going to be able to make some change. Yeah. And he did. He yeah. moved from Chicago to Hawaii and to Martha's Vineyard. And he's living the high life. And, you know. Uh, but he's a war zone. He left Chicago a war zone. A war zone. I would claim without having firsthand knowledge only because I refuse to risk my life um in this but i don't think you and i would stand a chance there in, for three minutes even even in a car yeah the smashing grabs i've seen it have you seen these things where people pull up the stop signs and the gangs they have this whole thing reverse engineered such that even when police cars pull up behind them they back into the police car to trigger the the air the uh, airbags. Well, I know they've got this thing down to a science, dude. Chicago's like, let's go back. We'll we'll, we'll go back. Rob Rob Blavo, what's his name? Blavojevich, Blavo, the the real the real crook, and then Rahm Emanuel. You've had a Richard Daly. That that place has had cancer forever. <laughs> but, so I I you know I have a policy, almost a law about touching the computer when we're in session. Yeah. Um, I would invite our listeners just. We've done this before. Look up how many uh, gun uh, shot wounds there were in Chicago last weekend. And it's 40 or 50 every week, every weekend. That's not that's more than the Middle East. I know it's Chicago, Illinois. It's the middle of the United States of America. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's, it's pretty end, depressing. But end of uh, the days, end of days here, bro. It's not good. I'd like to congratulate Harvard on their. Oh, wait a minute, I don't want to do that. Um, between that and their ties to Jeffrey Epstein and yeah. um, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, um, what else can we talk about? I I just um, we've been spoiled for. Um, for opportunities, I, I uh, saw this headline. Let me see if I can find it because this one was this one was just fucking priceless. This is CNBC, okay, a quasi-professional news organization. Okay, well, I'm going to go with farce. Okay, so yesterday at eight twenty-eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the headline comes across. 
crypto's role in the Israeli-Hamas war comes under scrutiny, CNBC crypto world. Like, where the fuck have you been? You call yourself a reporter? Please. How, how long? Two years you... late. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know. I'm not. I'm not going to go and work that whole yarn mm -hmm. about the guys with the crypto mm -hmm. caused this, because an argue argument can be made. It could have been done with dollars, and it could have been done with this, or could have been done with this. But I would invite. Maybe you know I. But I would invite someone to explain to me the benefits we have received through Bitcoin. Please. I, I know the benefits have helped, according to CNBC, Hamas. They've helped North Korea. They've helped other sorts of illicit organizations. They've helped a number of very high profile um, crypto investors. Mm -hmm. You can look them up. I, I don't need to get sued for slander. But go down the list of guys who made a ton buying the Bitcoin, talking it up, and now they're nowhere to be found. Yep. And so, and I'm still waiting to see the 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 huge savings and benefits. Um, less, of course, what has been stolen. I I, I think that's I think that's. Uh, mm -hmm. Um. I know, I know. I can tell by the, the gleam in your eye. Not that it's time to go to commercial, but I, I know you want to talk about the lead metal. No, I do not. No? Circular fucking, circular fucking conversation. <laughs> We've had this. No, we're not going to do that. I want to talk about the tenure. Give me the tenure. <laughs> so um, let me bring it up here. The tenure note. Um I mean, you got like 20 basis point move in the tenure this week, and, and we're 40 minutes in the show. We haven't discussed it. Like the Hamas hijacked our <laughs> They've hijacked our bond. I know. I know. It's We've it's gotten everything. We have global unrest. We got a 20-point swing in the tenure. <laughs> okay. Give the people what they want. <laughs> well, so um, young Edward, George Fisher, the fourth, the third or the fourth, mm -hmm. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. um, he told me that after the inflation data this week, the Fed won't tighten at the next meeting. Will not. And I, what he says will not. Uh, I disagree. Now, this is not the hill I'm going to die on, but I think the Fed has a very serious risk of credibility if they don't tighten. And I'll put it pretty simply, another 25 basis points of tightening ain't changing any outcomes. And if they don't, and inflation keeps going, then shit is gonna rain down on them like no tomorrow. So what happened on Friday was there was a huge run to uh, what some people call anti-fragile or risk-off. So gold went up, treasuries went up. Surprisingly to old chestnut, but once again, I was going to say stocks went up, but they, they went down on Friday. First time ever. Jeez. 
I should buy the dip. Yeah, it's coming on Monday. <laughs> um, no, I, I think what's happening is people are coming to the conclusion of a couple things. One is the economy is slowing. I mean, I've been saying this so long I'm wrong, right? I mean, there's a time limit on predictions, unlike Dave Rosenberg. Um, I Somebody told me that he's going out of business or he's <laughs> slashing his rates 50%. But speed Who? up, we're Who? running over. <laughs> Who? Yeah. Um, I think what happened on um, Friday was pretty straightforward. Um, you, what is the, you want to talk about the bad auction for the 10 year? What is a bad auction? No, I don't want no. I, bad, doesn't matter? No, bad, no, it doesn't matter. That okay. That's bread and circus. That is, that is nothing. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I have been alive. When there weren't enough bids to fill the auction. And you know what? They filled the auction. I have been alive when they've delivered 117% of the eligible collateral into the JGB futures. Okay. <laughs> so these people who expound from ivory towers about this, that, and the other thing, you know, I, I say this all the time. There's not enough AAA collateral around the world. And I got into a little bit of a back and forth with one of my soon-to-be erstwhile newsletter writers because um, they were trying to make the argument there's a regime change potentially. I love this. Way to take a stand. There's a potential regime change where the dollar will no longer be the reserve currency. Okay, so a couple things. One is I have spoken to our in-house currency expert, uh, life coach, Leslie Harris. I read that there's less volume trading in the euro than there has been. Now, I, I, that source is believed to be reliable. Okay, but I said to this uh, newsletter writer, you know, how many countries are people dying to get into? And of course he gave me two absurdly ridiculous examples of like, you know, in 19 something, a bunch of people swam from, you know, like, I don't know, South Africa to Cape Town. Azerbaijan, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, okay. no, people want, to be in the United States, okay, but I, I forget you, you distracted me. But the point about the tenure in the curve is pretty straightforward, okay. There's a shortage of AAA collateral in a stable environment where there are laws, because you know, without laws, we live with the animals, yes. right? Um, Plus, for the time being, and this is why I think the Fed tightens, the Fed has credibility that they are going to make sure inflation doesn't return. Because inflation is the thing that's the death to the long end, right? If you think your dollar is going to depreciate 5% a year, you're not going to own a long bond at a 475. You're going to, okay. 
the other thing is I've said for a long time now, the yield curve needs to normalize and I don't know how it's going to get there. I think I made some projections. I forget exactly what I had said, maybe tens in the fours and twos in the threes. And, and so I, you know, I really see that being still the likely outcome where, you know, two year notes at the Sherry's number of 505, you know, I, I don't think in a year they're going to be there. I think they're going to be three and a half, which could put them, you know, 100 or 50 base points over the funds rate. Perfectly normal range for the two-year note. You get a 3% two-year note, you get a 5% 10-year note. That's worth, worth 5% of the 10-year note. That's a normal yield curve, okay? Problem problem solved. Um, I, I just... Doesn't seem all that complicated to me. What I found particularly interesting, and I strongly recommend everyone take the time to do this. So, Howard Marks, a household name, okay, he's got a letter up, and um, he basically, if I can frame it correctly, he said this. You got stocks, you got bonds. He said, at the point of him writing, he said, you can put together a basket of high yield bonds north of 9%. And if you assume the long range return on equities is 9%, I think it's lower, but let's just say they're equal. Howard Marks, I believe, makes the claim you're way better off owning the debt because you have the first claim on the assets. So yes, if you own the stock, it can go up as much as it wants. But if your expected return is 9% with risk and your expected return on the high yield bond is 9% with less risk, pick less risk. And that's to me why, you know, I I, I really wonder uh, when you have a geopolitical situation, which arguably you got to go back to the Cuban Missile Crisis, I think, to find something where you have geopolitical powers with so many nuclear weapons that are antagonistic. I don't know. I, I, I mean, for however many shows we've done, put another one on the pile. I, I just look. What's wrong with five percent to you? Not. I don't fucking get it. I don't. You know, to me, um, my position hasn't really changed. Uh, you know, I have the short dated resetting. Okay, I have some long dated. Uh, a longer dated tax advantage investments, which oddly enough are starting to percolate. And uh, I'm just happy to lie back and earn the carry for the time being. You know, there's such incentive for people to trade. Look, I get it. I did it. It's fun. It's so much fun writing tickets. It's just fucking great. Okay. If you can't help yourself, 
trade a hundred shares of Microsoft back and forth or something. Buy the orange juice futures. Get you, you gotta get on the OJ train. That's unbelievable. Dude, it's nuts. It's not dude, every day. Every Is it up like four times or something? Yeah, it was like three hundred and something. Yeah, just bananas, bananas, orange juice, dude. Orange. I bet you they won't even let you trade it. I would be, I mean, I, I, I love probably wouldn't do anything, but you know, in the old days, something like that would happen. It'd be trading for liquidation only. Wow. Um, yeah. Because the volatility was so big. Yeah. Blow through the, yeah, yeah. blow through the margin. Yeah. Um, did you just catch your eye? Apparently, Sam Bankman Fried was concerned about how his hair looked. I did see that. Public, that was one of his yeah. issues. Concerned with his image. Yeah, he wanted to look like an everyman. Yeah, yeah. Scum. Yeah. Scum. That's just such a sad... I wish that would just gonna, go away. Just let that story go away. I'm going to take a lot of heat for this, but I, I... Don't you think if you had that much money, you could be tapping something a lot better looking than that thing? <laughs> And down in the Bahamas, you know, like oh my god, are you kidding me? Yeah, you're the you richest had... guy in the world. You're the richest guy in the world. Like, I mean, you, you had a fifty-something-year-old dentist in Nantucket Harbor with cocaine and prostitutes and a gun. He had probably it. negative net worth. Yeah, and he's living larger. Yeah, the genius. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, smartest, richest guy in the world. You're running around with that troll. <laughs> oh my god, idiot! Yeah. I, <laughs> I wonder how that vegan diet is going. I uh, I bet it's not, dude. Please. Um. So what? What's the good news? What's what's on the bright <laughs> on on the bright side? <laughs> but the silver lining. What's the? <laughs> give me some. Uh, you know, I I. It's hard to be optimistic. They, they're going to, okay. They're going to level Gaza. I know, dude. It doesn't if, sound. If you want to see what a fraction of a Gaza is going to look like, go to YouTube and look at Dresden. I know okay. they're going to go door by door. I know. Well, so, like, people... dude, the problem, the problem, th therein lies the problem. Is you can't differ. How do you? How would you differentiate? You know, Mrs. Mrs. Smith, the 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 Palestinian shop owner who, you know, who's a widow that 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 sells flowers yeah. between, you know, the dude that wants to stab you in the neck and yell Allah Akbar. Um, so that's that's the problem. That's, that's the problem. You that's can't like, you, like so the people that think, oh, I stand with the Palestinian people. But like, how can you cannot I don't want to say you cannot, but like, I don't know how you could separate Palestinian people from Hamas. They're so intertwined in, you, like I said, it's the size of Brooklyn and Queens. How are you going to go door to door through Brooklyn and Queens and be like, yes or no? You're good. You're not. They're just going to mow the whole thing down. Right. Well, look, I don't know. I don't the logistics are a little tough. Okay. Yeah. Part of the problem is, uh, my understanding is over the years, Hamas has done an amazing job of building a tunnel network. Mm -hmm. So if you had the Arab states, okay, 
interested in helping the Palestinians, you get an Israeli unit, you get a UN unit, and you get a unit from Saudi Arabia. And they go door to door, okay, and they see who's living there. And if it's Mrs. Grandma, they go back to Riyadh. And if it's a Palestinian militant terrorist, he goes off to get tried for war crimes. And then once the people are out of the building, you destroy the building. You level the building down to the fifth subfloor, okay? And it takes weeks, and eventually all of the good Palestinians will be living in Riyadh, and all of the bad Palestinians will be tried for war crimes. And then they'll be able to uh, take out all the tunnels. They'll, they'll destroy the land. And um, then if they choose to rebuild, which I wouldn't recommend, but at least they're building on top of stuff that's been uh, kind of vetted. Mm -hmm. This, and I don't want to have a huge debate right now because I don't have all the facts, but I, I've talked to some scholars. There, There is no country called Palestine. It is a bunch of Bedouins living in an area and you know, this whole thing with it's our country and, well, you know, your country is run by uh, the Palestinian Liberation Organiz Organization in Hamas. Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. not, those aren't legitimate entities. And I'm sorry if you grew up in Gaza and you think it's your home, but coming from a race of people, that were Germans living in Germany, but then they decided, well, you're not Germans, you're Jews. Okay. They, no one would take them in. They wanted to leave. And so the ones that couldn't leave, they killed. Okay. So let's cut the bullshit with the, we all support the Palestinian people. So you support them, let, bring them into your country. Okay, educate them. Okay, and let's move on. It's enough death and uh, enough argument. And let's just admit that was a bad deal. There was, remember, there was a war and Israel took it in a war. I don't, I don't remember a lot of countries giving back shit that they took in wars. I mean, I, once again, I would refer to our scholar in residence, Anthony Peters. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the solution, like most things, is not that complicated. It's, it's the political will. And, you know, when you have people like Nancy Pelosi, um, oh, I heard a good joke. What's Diane Feinstein getting for Christmas? Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, 
She stayed out of the headlines. Those two are good. Those two are the least of my political foes. Well, that's because there's no good trades to do. You know, you can't go buy puts on the spoos. She's not going to. She's not going to know what to do with that. She needs to hear. We're going to allow, you know, high tech chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy some, you know, Nvidia. That that, right? You know, I told Cheryl Friday we we're going over to Alex and Courtney's house for dinner. I said, um, on uh, the podcast, I'm going to announce I'm running for president. Oh, wow. She says, oh, yeah? So who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And so I named Secretary of State. And all of a sudden, she's like, well, what about me? I go, what do you mean, what about you? You're Like, I don't make a decision without talking to you. I don't have an official role. Consigliere. She's a consigliere. Like, like what else? <laughs> so this is my platform. You ready? Term limits. Okay. Right. Members of Congress are allowed to trade. Pre-authorization by the SEC. Yep. One year holding period minimum. By the way, those two things, there isn't a Wall Street firm in existence that that's not a requirement. That right, yeah. they they get to be subject to the laws that um, we all are. Finally, um, the concept of the rich guys with the stock not paying any tax. So if you go borrow money against your holdings and stocks, that's deemed a constructive sale. So you sell. That's a sale, and you pay income tax on that. And that exists in many countries, okay? And that's just the the, the first shot across the bow for, you know, vote for MB in 2023, four. Yeah, okay. I don't think we have the money in the budget for that, though, do we? Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We, we get a 450 grand for our charity auction. What if we open the, the donor gates and we started a little, <laughs> we started a little movement? Okay. I'll tell you what, how about the first black, excuse me, the first uh, Jewish uh, president? So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's the tagline to a very, very funny joke. <laughs> Please, not now. Where'd you go to dinner the other night? You went downtown for dinner. Where'd you go? Where did we go? Oh, fuck. Must have been fantastic. <laughs> Just... You know, I, good. There we go. That, that's it, folks. We're out of here. You guys have a good weekend. <laughs> there's this. There's this thing. I can't remember what, where. Did you, can do you remember? No. How would I know? I'm, I'm asking you. You. You're the one that went, but you said you were going out to dinner. You said you. Were, oh, what was it? It, it might have been Saturday night. It might, it might have been a week ago. It might have been a week ago. I'm asking about. So that's like I'll I'll let it slide. You know. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it was. It was good, and uh, and I can't remember the name of it. But, it was, no, it was, it was incident-free, all right? Yeah, yeah. A, we call that AE now, adverse effects. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, uh, it was great to see you. Oh, by the way, just a, a little notion. Um, for those of you from the Swiss Podcasters Association of Switzerland, I presented Liam with his Golden Mic Award. And the first thing he said to me was, you know, I thought gold was heavy. And upon further analysis, 
um, the Golden Mike Award is not gold. <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> Something to be was, imagine my disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of disappointment, let me let me let me <laughs> speaking of disappointment. Um, dude, the satisfaction. Let me counter your satisfaction with the unbridled joy that I received from once again one of our one of our loyal listeners. Well, I, I love these guys. He sent me this thing, dude. The the long-term capital guy sent his email out, okay, and some guy took the bait. Took the bait and had him on the show. Okay. Had him on the show, promoted it as like the hard lessons. I obviously I refused to click it because I'm not giving them the clicks. Okay. Uh, no click. I so I, I saw the screenshot of it and he said, Oh, see, they got so and so. And I was just so fucking happy that like that email went to whoever, whoever, you know, he sent it to all the podcasts. Okay. (laughs) But those guys took the bait and you will remember how much fun MB and I had sitting here saying, "Uh uh-uh and why. Okay. So like the, the, thank you so much for whoever that was. I don't, I can't think of the name of the guy. It was like Milton Burchill or something. Whoever the Twitter guy sent it to me that, yeah, the, the long-term capital guy got a, got a spot on the podcast. Um, yeah, truly embarrassing. Uh, but that that was really one of the highlights of my week. The other, oh, another one of the things, dude. Remember how I randomly mentioned Kosovo? So like you were talking, yeah. dude. I like I pick an obscure country, okay? Like I really thought I had gotten dusted one out of the corner, Kosovo, dude. An hour after we get done with the show, I, a listener sends me Serbia going to war with Kosovo next week. <laughs> So, all right, we're we're burning we're burning Teslas in the parking garages, and then Colt <laughs> was going to war. So I don't know what we talked about this week. All right, the, I don't know. So you, that, do what you do what you you will with that. But four seventy five, four hundred and seventy five grand, four seventy five for dinner over here in Greenwich, folks. Um, there's some yeah. people I know that can back that up that are interested in this show. So we'll see, we'll see. Um, you got into what Friday? You think, you Friday? think it's going to go higher than that? Dude, you got some you got some friends that like to play this game that I could see being like, uh and but speaking come of come uh, at the last minute. Yeah, exactly. But your buddy, your buddy Rich Handler did another stellar job this week, given all the day's profits or whatever, cranking out seven million bucks to Israel. I didn't see anyone else on Wall Street. I didn't see JP Morgan Chase doing a day for Israel. I didn't see Goldman fucking Sachs. So with your heritage, you're gonna tell me Goldman and Sachs isn't gonna make a little uh, maybe I missed it, but I didn't see Goldman Sachs make a big fucking deal and come out and say we stand with Israel and our ancestors or something like that. Let's call a spade a spade here. Goldman yeah. Sachs has a Jewish heritage. That's a Jew. That is, that's a shop with a Jewish heritage. Yes. I. Every time I take a leak and I look down. <laughs> okay. So I would think I would expect a little more out of uh, out of West Street. Okay. So because Rich spent the week raising money for Israel. He started, we're going to, he promoted it and then he did it and then he promoted it again. And I didn't see any of that from city. I didn't see any of that from any of the other shops. Okay. I saw that from Jeffries. That's who I saw it from. So once again, once again, inside baseball tells you who's who on wall street. And once again, they demonstrated it this week. So thank you to Rich Handler and Jeffries for cranking out money for Jeffries. And thank you for all the listeners that sent us lovely emails, especially the dude that's in Ashkelon getting rocket shot at him. All right. And an hour after we do the show, 
he sends me and Morris a note from the fucking war zone that says, thank you, you're a friend of ours, okay? So I want to thank all the listeners that sent me, Inside Baseball Cast at Gmail. All right, so I'm getting emails from guys in Israel, and I got guys from all around the world, Australia, Israel and Australia. That's the spectrum that I covered this week, and everything in between were people that reached out and said, thank you for what you did, and da-da-da-da-da, okay? So that's where we are, folks. Another fun show on a Saturday afternoon. I, I we got a little worked up. So much for being apolitical. But, ah, please. Oh, dude, you know who else did it? You know who else I'm gonna give credit to is James Dolan and MSG. All right, because I've I've dragged Dolan here before, and Dolan's a heel in New York City. Everyone knows he's a bit of a clown in New York City. Dolan, all right, he's got the cable vision money and he runs Madison Square Garden. He built the sphere in Vegas. And they've had that thing lit up with the Israeli flag since it's since this has started. Really? Okay. Yeah, and it's been all over the news. So Dolan runs MSG and the Knicks and Cablevision in the garden. And he built the sphere, and he's had the sphere all over mainstream media lit up with the Israeli vet Israeli flag. So Jeffries, I see, I see Dolan and, and MSG. Okay. I those are the people that spoke up. So if you didn't speak up, I'm annoyed with you. Especially Goldman Sachs. That's that's fucking embarrassing. Like you said, well, who, who who's rolling in his grave? You know their names, okay? Who are the who are the the partners? Marcus and Samuel. Yeah. yeah thank you. Okay. Not, How do you think they would feel about this? They're not happy, but they're still not over the DJ Sal thing. <laughs> you know, in their lifetime, there's been a lot of wars. There's only been one this junkie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Oh boy.